The show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal. No way. We take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. I'm Carrie Poppy, and I'm COVID. Can you hear me? You are COVID. You are the embodiment of COVID. Do you feel like your voice is froggier? Oh, yeah. Can you not hear it? No, not over the Zoom. We are not in the same room. We are in the same Zoom. Yeah, we're recording remotely because I have the novel coronavirus of 2019. Yeah, though this might be one of the spinoffs. Yeah. Each one is more novel than the last. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like when they keep rebooting the Marvel shit. (laughs) They cast a new actor as Captain America. Exactly. They're trying to make us think (laughs) that, oh, we've got a new COVID. Well, I see right through you. When I got COVID and I took one of them fancy PCR tests at work that they Mm -hmm. provide, they sent me this fairly detailed report, but it didn't say which strain it was, which was, I thought, kind of annoying. I wanted to know what the strain is because they have to gather that data, right, for statistical purposes. So I've looked into this before and I don't know what the official response is, but I remember reading that it's reported, it's reported because the CDC needs it, but that they don't tell the consumer. And I don't know why that would be. I'm sure it's been thought through. Yeah, that there's weird. I'm guessing it would have something to do with how consumers would use that information, Mm -hmm. maybe in an irresponsible way. Interesting. But yeah, some of you may remember I had COVID back in mid-June. I got Mm -hmm. it at the Magic Castle while celebrating my son's 21st birthday. (laughs) And I got mine at Hollywood's Haunted Hayride. Where my son was working. (laughs) Oh my God. (gasps) Coincidence? Andrew created COVID. That's right. If you're in the LA area and you know what my son looks like, you can find him at the Haunted Hayride. And yell at him for giving me this. He's a good sport. He'll probably just... Just be like, all right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. He's a good egg. He won't get mad he at is. you. But I had never had COVID. This is my first round. And I got to say, what a piece of shit. <laughs> Not a fan, huh? No. Yeah, what's your Yelp review? One star. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Would not <best>. recommend. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, Why this... is nobody talking about this? People this are... is the worst book. <laughs> yeah. Why Why has it been so ignored over the past yeah, few years? Yeah, I know. Years? God, typical the media. So a lot of people around you had gotten COVID, and Carrie was one of the standouts who had the Moderna vaccine in our friend group, yep. and she thought maybe, maybe this Moderna is giving extra protection, and I think studies have shown that Moderna did have a slight edge. John Pfizer. And then guess what? Kaiser, my healthcare provider, ran Mm -hmm. out of Moderna. And so my most recent booster was Pfizer. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, it makes sense that they would go with Pfizer because it rhymes with Kaiser. (laughs) They apparently first had a contract with Kaiser and then they changed to Moderna. And I was like, oh, Oh. interesting. But then they ran out and then they gave me a goddamn Pfizer shot. And now I've got the damn COVID. You know, I'm making this sound like this is actual science. We, I'm, I'm sure this isn't the actual explanation, but you can draw that conclusion. I see. I wasn't even picking up on this shade that you were throwing at Pfizer, mm. but I, I see now. Though it seems like mixing and matching is also a good strategy generally. But all I kept thinking as I had my symptoms was, well, thank goodness I have vaccines. This could have yes. been worse. Oh, my God. I was 
so sick. Yeah. Holy Carrie, crap. I told people in the last episode to check your Instagram if they wanted to see like your thermometer <laughs> readings. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, oh my God. Like, <laughs> you guys, COVID's really bad. Not good, yeah. No. Oh my God, my fever was at 101.2 and it went down to 96.2. It was the most dynamic fever I've maybe ever had. It was miserable. And I'm still, I'm on day... I know this. Day 10, if you count my first positive test as day one. Mm-hmm. And I still, I'm still coughing. I still get a fever that comes and goes a little. It's mostly gone. I'm still so weak and tired. Oh, man. I mean, oh, man. What a piece of shit little bug. Go away. <laughs> I don't want you here. If I, ever make, if I ever make good on my promise to post that video of us eating ketchup and Dijon mustard, you can see me at like right before I got diagnosed with COVID. <laughs> I was feeling really bad, but I had had one negative at home test. And then later oh, okay. on that day, I got my positive at home test. Oh, and I see it. I didn't get it from you. And I didn't get it from Drew either when he was sick. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure at this point, much of our audience, wherever you are, have been touched. Has never had COVID. Have been touched by COVID, and I'm sure many of you have not, and congratulations if so. Yeah, they've all been touched by COVID because I have COVID and they're listening to this, but I'm the first person to have it, so. Okay. Yeah, I'm patient zero, so. Well, patient zero. I remember when I got COVID, you told me, would you like to try some ivermectin? And I said, no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But... Which, you know, for this podcast, I really should have. And I don't know. I just didn't feel like it's like, no, no, I'm just going (laughs) to do this the old fashioned way. But why did you ask me that, Carrie? Why did you offer me ivermectin? Because Ross, Ross is it? I'm Ross. I have a prescription for ivermectin that I got in September 2021. Okay, so you were ready. Yeah, when COVID was still truly novel. I got this prescription because everyone was talking about ivermectin. Sure. And boy, you were hearing it everywhere. So there were people from sort of the alt-med crowd who were very into ivermectin as a potential preventative Mm -hmm. or treatment for COVID. And then there were also all the science nerds like us, a lot of people who I tend to agree with, I was hearing saying like, no, don't take that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know how everybody got on top of this this quickly. I don't feel informed yet. I'm not going to say. But then I felt like things got really off the rails really quickly in the reporting where I was like, this can't be right. I was seeing people being like, this is the most dangerous drug. Like, don't really? do this. It's never worth it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I know that's not true. Huh. It was. It's a dewormer. It's listed in like the 15 most important drugs in the world. Like, that can't be right. But I think the confusion is in this word safe. Like, when we say safe, we don't mean nothing can happen to you. We mean the benefits are worth whatever drawbacks exist. Mm -hmm. And I think because there was this lack of clarity about like, well, are the drawbacks worth it? People were sort of jumping to it's dangerous. And I don't I I started to worry about that because like as a person who's communicating about science regularly, I was like, ooh, be careful. Because Mm -hmm. when you overstate these things, 
you really can lose people's trust in you as mm. like a person like acting in good faith with these topics. And I don't know, I started to get kind of touchy around it, be like, what actually is going on with this thing? So okay. I started reading about it more and I felt pretty confident that if I took it at the dose prescribed, it probably wasn't going to hurt me. But even then, when I got the prescription, several of my friends were like, don't take it. That's dangerous. Like, don't even take that drug. That oh, is a that, dangerous drug. That had been their takeaway. I feel like ivermectin inhabits a very similar space as well to hydroxychloroquine, which mm -hmm. similarly got a lot of press coverage. And I feel like a lot of the reaction I heard was simply irritation with people on kind of the right end of the political spectrum, immediately jumping on this and assuming it must be effective for both of right. those drugs. And, and that definitely happened. And, a lot of people were doing that. And both of them are actual drugs that have actual uses that are useful. But typically, you should be taking it if you have the symptoms that it's prescribed for. Right. And I, I know with hydroxychloroquine, there were some adverse effects if you took it without needing it, or if you took it with needing it. Like it wasn't just a purely beneficial drug; it would have some, it would have some negative effects. You just normally assume anything that's kind of going through your body, making changes, you don't want that unless you need that. Totally. And so, what is ivermectin? It is this deworming medication. That's critical for people who have parasites. Mm -hmm. It won the Nobel Prize for that purpose. And if you take way too much of it, which people were, you can mm -hmm. get really, really sick. And that is a very reasonable concern. And if it turns out that ivermectin is not useful for COVID, then even that small amount of risk at the right dose might not be worth it. That could absolutely be true. But I just kind of, I felt like, ooh, this is in a really weird gray area because of the way people are talking about it. And I don't really know how to talk about it now. So okay. I'm, I'm glad to finally be able to take it and tell you what it was like because I've been taking it. And I got to tell you, Ross. Yeah. Nothing ding dong happened. Okay. I have okay. almost nothing to tell you. Like, oh. I took it at the prescribed dose. Mm -hmm. So it was six tablets by mouth for five days. For the first day, I only took two of the six just to make sure I didn't have some wild bad reaction. Mm -hmm. But when I was like, oh no, I tolerate this fine, I'll go ahead and take the amount prescribed. And I went and I checked a chart with my weight and made sure I hadn't been prescribed a wacky amount and I hadn't. And I went ahead and took it. I didn't have the shits. I didn't like nothing weird happened at all. Did it make my COVID shorter? If so, I guess my COVID would have been very long because right now it's quite yeah. long. <laughs> well, I mean, we know more about the efficacy of vaccines against COVID. But, you know, when you have COVID and you've been vaccinated, you can only assume, ah, probably would have been worse if I didn't have the vaccine. Similarly, it's hard to know what would my COVID have been like without ivermectin. Hard to rerun that. Even if you got it again, different strains mm -hmm. or different infections of COVID are going to behave differently. Um, Absolutely. So that's always the disclosure we have to make is that, you know, we're mm -hmm. talking about one of us or two of us and not a study, which is why we need science. That's why we need large that's data. That's right. Yeah. So that's where this whole dilemma comes in with this drug, right, is that it is currently being studied. And yeah. it could very well be that in a year they say, OK, we figured it out. Yep, it does something. But A, might not be as good as other drugs we've got, or it might mm -hmm. not be as well tolerated. That could happen, but, what, but like, yeah. we have other stuff. But what really doesn't help is 
when it gets wrapped up in this sort of our side versus their side political dialogue where nobody's really listening very closely to the real data because it becomes an issue of like protecting their allegiance to Trump or what have you. Or the opposite, right? Or like Mm -hmm. being so frustrated with, I mean, just to put it on our side, because like I think all our listeners know we're kind of big old libos. Like (laughs) for Mm -hmm. us, it would be very easy to just be like, oh, the right again. This is what they're doing. And it's not that simple. I mean, I remember saying when people around me would bring up hydroxychloroquine, I would always say, you know, it could turn out to be effective. That's totally Mm -hmm. possible. But let's wait until that happens. Early signs seem to be mixed at best. And then eventually the studies were done. It was shown to be ineffective. Oh, hello, Mm -hmm. Ella. I'm seeing Ella on screen now. Yes, this is my doggy, Ella. You said you Um, had some good Ella news? I do, as long as we're talking about the poppy girl's health. Ella, as some of our listeners will remember, was diagnosed with stage two kidney disease recently. She also has a heart condition, and the kidney disease is probably a reaction to the heart condition. So she went into her cardiologist today, and I was nervous, and Mm -hmm. she came back with Drew, and Drew said, the cardiologist is so impressed. The cardiologist is like, just keep doing what you're doing. Like, it's exactly what I would hope. This is like ideal for her stage so we're really excited we biohacked the dog all right just give her yellow sunglasses now every time i see dave asprey he's wearing these orangish yellow glasses you know to optimize the light that he's getting Uh, (laughs) okay cool little reference to our bulletproof episode a few episodes back by the way something i neglected to mention about dave asprey founder of bulletproof and the term biohacking he claims that he plans to live a minimum of, do you remember how many years? I think I told you. 150? 180 years. (laughs) It's like, do you realize how absurd that sounds? Oh, man. Well, we got to put that in our calendar. So when was he born? We've got so many people like Dr. Nick Delgado, you know, who think that they're going to set these aging records. Oh, Dave Asprey. Hold on. Let me see. Okay. I'm getting October 30th. Coming up, 1973. So he's 48. He's not that much older than we are, so we're not going to be around to say, well, Paul, oh, good point. we might well, be around if he doesn't outlive us. But true. if he's getting up there and we okay. tap out, we'll have to make sure someone else keeps an eye on whether he gets to 180. Give me a break. Which would be the year 2153, putting it in the calendar. This is so funny how many of the pictures of him have him wearing these yellow sunglasses to protect his eyes from the negative blue rays not to be confused with the disc media oh my god my calendar isn't even letting me it's like you, <laughs> you must have mistyped man yeah <laughs> funny okay i'll figure that out later so i will say just because we were talking about adverse effects on the mayo clinic site it lists side effects of ivermectin in three categories more common less common and rare The more common side effects are difficulty in moving, muscle pain or stiffness, pain in the joints, swollen, painful, or tender lymph glands in the armpit. And then the less common effects is a long list that includes black, tarry stools. Oh, I forgot to mention. (laughs) Yes. 
Actually, it does do that. It oh, makes you have, okay. like, you know when you drink Pepto-Bismol and your poop just becomes, like, kind of black and chalky? No. Uh, but you I look so you. confused. What's it like not to have IBS? My God. It's nice. I don't, <laughs> I don't think much about going to the bathroom. Oh, man. <sighs> well, when you take Pepto-Bismol, your poop does that. And okay. it, it's the same. Same deal. <laughs> Fun. Okay. So you experienced that less common side effect. Yeah. All right. I'll go through these very quickly. Chest pain, chills, cold sweats, cough, dizziness or lightheadedness, faintness or lightheadedness or dizziness when getting up from lying or sitting, eye or eyelid irritation, fast, pounding or irregular heartbeat or pulse, feeling of constant movement of self or surroundings, fever, painful or difficult urination, rapid weight gain, sensation of spinning, shakiness in the legs, sore throat, sores, ulcers or white spots on the lips or in the mouth, swollen glands, tingling of the hands or feet. It goes on. So... You know, I think it's fair to say if you don't need ivermectin, maybe don't take yeah. it. Hey, listen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that's the whole issue here is just like, this is the question. Is mm-hmm. it going to do anything? And we right. just don't have those answers until we have these big, robust studies. We mm. just don't know. Maybe, though. Maybe. I was going to mention, speaking of hydroxychloroquine and our previous investigations or episodes, first of all, Dr. Nick Delgado, in his book, Mm -hmm. he's that guy who uh, wants to examine your blood. And I went to him and he examined mine. I got to give him credit. He sent me finally that advanced book that he had promised and looked up hydroxychloroquine in there. And he recommends against taking it for COVID. Of course, it has actual uses, but COVID is not one of them. But I also I have in my inbox an email from Donald J. Trump from the Save America email list. And the email is titled, I know you always believed in me. And it says, Ross, have you noticed that the radical left is now admitting I was right about everything they lied about before the election? First bullet point, hydroxychloroquine works. Bullet point number two, the China virus came from a Chinese lab. No, the left has not admitted you were right about these things. (laughs) And then it goes on to other things. Hunter Biden's laptop was real. Lafayette Square was not real. He really had a a laptop. (laughs) The Russian bounty story was fake. We did produce vaccines before the end of 2020 in record time, I might add, which... I'll give you that. We did get those vaccines very quickly. Anyways. um, But everyone admitted that. No one was like, no, this isn't a vaccine. Yeah. Oh, these emails are just a hoot. Yeah, I still get the texts. I still get the emails. Yeah, I remember getting that one. I got that one, too, because (laughs) Donald Trump apparently also thinks I still have faith in him, which is incorrect. Yeah, I'm his number one supporter, and I've never given him any money. Oh, shit. Congratulations. Thanks. Oh, I should also give the Rail Science newsletter for the Raelians credit for also suggesting that people not take hydroxychloroquine for COVID. But in other investigatees, we get so many interesting like health news updates, mm-hmm. emails that were on Andy Wakefield, aka Andrew Wakefield, uh, for oh, anyone yeah. familiar with him, and the health a, free- a big anti-vax guy, just for shorthand. Right. And also the seventh chakra films he's affiliated with. Also the Health Freedom Summit which we've both mm. signed up for, though I don't think we've talked about on the podcast before. Also, Parler, online platform, 
that also kind of caters to the the right. When I did my email search for ivermectin, those were the ones that really showed up a lot. They were all, you know, very pro-ivermectin and feeling very persecuted by anyone who had tried to say that we should be cautious about using ivermectin and linking to studies that they found convincing. There we go. There's just a little bit of coverage from some of our previous interests and investigations. Well, glad you mentioned it because Kelly Brown from the Conscious Life Expo, he also mentioned ivermectin. Okay. Yeah. So apparently in his talk, I have in my notes that he mentioned ivermectin in passing. It seemed like he was recommending it, but it was sort of not clear in the way he said it. So I emailed him and asked are you saying we should use it for a COVID infection? And he said, yes, noted that it won a Nobel Prize. Of course, that was for something else. And said that it had been used to reduce many COVID cases. He didn't offer a source. And then he said he personally knows many people who have taken it and have recovered quickly from COVID's effects. Okay. Okay. Well, great. Sure. But that's the power of anecdote. You know, you know somebody and they took ivermectin and then they got over COVID quickly or they didn't go to the hospital. Well, right. Great. I'm very glad to hear that. But again, that is an anecdote. That is one data point. Right. Like my husband, Drew, had COVID in July. And so far, our courses are pretty much the same. And he did not take ivermectin. So, I mean, do those anecdotes cancel each other out? Right. <laughs> you know, right. what do you do with that? So later, Kelly also went on to say in his talk that the new Merck pill that treats COVID is cancer causing and not as effective as ivermectin, but Merck or Pfizer is going to be pushed through anyway. And ivermectin is going to be pushed off the scene as we know, that did not happen. And we know this partly because I was able to buy it. So like, that's the other thing. What does this consist of? In what way is this being stifled? People on the internet being mean about it? Like, you could go buy it. I bought it. Right. And Merck makes their own preparation of ivermectin, stromectol. So, you know, they can make money off of it too. Everybody who sells you medication, alternative or otherwise, they want to make money. That's why they're in that business. Yeah, like Boyron is like a hugely... Yeah, company. they sell homeopathy yeah. for anyone who's not immediately familiar with yes. the name. Because, yeah, I did look up a bunch of studies about this. So I don't know if you've heard this about me, but I go to Harvard okay. and Harvard has like basically the best online library in the world. It's got like basically the widest reach to the most services that have studies and things. And so it's so great when I'm taking class, I can just go into this like magnificent source of knowledge. It's, I don't know, it's it's really exciting. So I went in there and I looked up peer-reviewed studies about ivermectin. And I did read, I think, six of them, the first six that came up from reputable sources. And there's a there there. Like, there's reason to think this might do something. There were reasonable studies that mm. showed something happened, like ICU stays being shorter, use of ventilators being less. But the studies aren't like very robust, right? They're not that big. And so then when people like the Cochrane Collaboration, people whose whole job it is to like look at the design of the study and see like, did this figure out what it says it figured out? Mm -hmm. When they go in and look at them, they say, well, there might be a there there, but we need to get like a really big really well-designed study before we're telling millions of people to take this medication. So yeah, I get where these people are coming from when they look at these small studies and say there is something to this because there might be. It's a real gray area. 
Well, hi, Carrie. Oh, hey, Ross. What's up? I know you were saying something very interesting about ivermectin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know exactly what it was, yeah. But I wanted to move away from worms just for a minute. Oh, okay. To talk about bras. Okay, and a I, lateral move. I thought you might be the right person Absolutely. To talk about them. Yes, with. I wear bras on the regular. See, I knew you were a bra-wearing American. Yeah, mm-hmm, I am. And in fact, I have a favorite brand of bra. Very few people know this about me. But okay. I love the Third Love bra. You know about this? I do now, and thank you for sharing it with us. You're welcome. Third Love is a bra company that makes really stellar bras. I mean, they they don't slip off my damn shoulders, which I really appreciate. That's good. Exactly. Thank you. They're comfortable. They're light. They don't dig into my boobs. Also good. Which other bra-wearing Americans will know. Digging mm-hmm. in your boobs, big mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And they have this classic t-shirt bra that's designed for your body and even comes in half cup sizes. Oh, is that the 24-7 classic t-shirt bra? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have heard of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's actually a third love property. Because that one's designed to be your everyday go-to bra with no slip straps that stay in place all day. Mm-hmm. And doesn't it come in over 60 sizes with half cups for your perfect fit? Yes, it does. It oh. Absolutely does. I don't know the exact number, but I know it's over 60. I'm, I'm suddenly remembering lots of details about this. <laughs> yeah, I genuinely do really love Third Love, and I'm so glad that they're a sponsor of this show because I get to just actually talk about a thing I like. Uh, yeah, yeah. The great bras. Wear them all the time. Nice and light. Yeah, they're perfect for me. So if you haven't tried them yet, I do actually recommend them. That's right. You heard it here. Fantastic. And I know one of my favorite features as an accessory to another bra wearing American Mm -hmm. is the (laughs) lack of the tags dangling down because I'm often the one saying, hey, you want me to get rid of that for you? Yeah. That looks uncomfortable. Then even then, even if you're an expert scissor user, you might Mm -hmm. still get that little tiny bit And that's itchy and scratchy. And that is very annoying. But instead, they just print print the ding ding information on the ding dang bra. Right. So smart. So ditch your bad bras. Get a better one that makes you look and feel great. Upgrade your bra today and get 20% off your first order today at thirdlove.com slash oh no. That's 20% off your first order today at thirdlove.com slash oh no. I will. Ross, do you ever think about murder? A lot. Yeah. You notice how many TV shows are based around like murder of the week? Yeah. People like murder. Mm. If it's removed from them and they get to learn something Mm. about survival from watching someone else be murdered. Yeah, maybe a bit of exposure to a very common fear. Sure. Yeah. It's understandable. Priority number one. Well, why do you bring that up, Carrie? Oh, just to chat. But now that I'm thinking about it, also, there is a sponsor of this episode, Hunt a Killer Mysteries. You know about this? Oh, they're the number one murder mystery company. Okay. I'm glad you brought up Hunt a Killer because I have also played Hunt a Killer. You're holding up Murder at the Motel. Yes. I played this one with Drew a couple nights ago. This is actually one that my good friend Charles, who we talked about on our Rage Room episode, mm-hmm. got from my wife and me as a gift. Nice. You brought this over to me me because you were still playing with Dead Below Deck, the yeah. one they sent us. And so you were like, well, Carrie, you know, I have a second one. Why don't you play this one? So both of these are immersive murder mystery experiences. So it comes in a box and it's got records, receipts. There's crumpled up notes that people took. There's journals and, and diaries. But also, this is really cool. I don't know if yours came with this too, because I haven't played this one yet. But mine also came with like you download their app 
and it comes with video interviews of the people oh. involved. Oh, whoa. And supplem- we didn't check for that. Okay. Supplemental documents. And okay. It was like really impressive. It was a full multimedia experience. Nice. Okay. I want to do Dead Below Deck next, but Drew and I played Murder at the Motel the other night, and it was very fun. So Drew figured it out very quickly. He really? got He got... So part of it was that we needed to figure out the numbers that went into a combination lock that's provided with the game. Okay. And Drew, just suddenly I'm sitting here, I'm like, you know, putting together all the data, trying to make these all these spreadsheets. I look up, Drew has already unlocked the thing, which is supposed to be like step eight out of 10. Oh, wow. I'm like, babe, oh my God, that's amazing. How did you do that? And he's like, well, I looked at the sheets and the numbers are just written right here. And I look and it's like actual handwriting, not pre-printed. I think it was Charles had just taken a note. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's one way to win the game, though. Oh, right. We did great at that game. Well, I will say for Dead Below Deck, I was making sure everyone took their notes on notepaper. It okay. was not included there. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Well, nice. Well, well played. <laughs> yeah, it's so clever. And it's it's a lot like I've played a lot of escape rooms. Oh, the, I love an escape room. It feels a lot like that. Like it's multimedia. And then this one also, the Dead Below Deck, also includes a lockbox where you have mm. to. I'm going to be very careful not to give anything away that would help you solve it. But sure. the setup is there was a murder on a yacht. <gasps> and so one of the people working on the ship, she wants to recruit us as the detectives. So she just grabs a bunch of stuff and sends it to us. Oh, okay. Similar setup. Including this lockbox she couldn't get into. Okay. And so, yeah, you're like rifling through these papers and there's all these clues and there's kind of multiple plots going on. And you're trying to figure out who had the means, the motive, and the opportunity. You're trying to work all this out. And there's all these codes to descramble. And yeah, it's uh, the one I just did was rated two out of five stars medium. Mm -hmm. This was me and my friends from Colorado visiting and the aforementioned Charles and my wife. And it took us longer than 60 minutes. Okay. Yeah, there's just so many layers to it. Super fun. Nice. Uh, But hard. Like we we got to the end and we were like like maybe 90% sure. Uh And so we put in the name of one of the people in the app. That's something Mm -hmm. you can do. And then they, in real time, will like write back to let you know you got it right. And then they follow up a supplemental video. Cool. Okay, can't wait. That's another cool thing about these Hunt a Killer games is they are rated for one plus people. Yeah, you can do it on your own if you want. You could. I might try doing Dead Below Deck on my own just to see how that experience is different. That's like really rare for a board game that Mm -hmm. you could just play it by yourself and have a great experience. Or, you know, you could do it with, as I was yesterday, like seven people around. Mm -hmm. But knowing how much work went into figuring out Dead Below Deck mm-hmm. and seeing that Murder at the Motel is three out of five a stars. a more medium. I'm intimidated. Okay. I'm, I'm going to try this one on my own unless I find somebody who wants to do it with me who hasn't done it yet. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. I'm excited to do more of these, genuinely. And there are dozens of standalone mysteries, but they also have a method where you can subscribe to an immersive multi-part crime case. Oh, cool. I'm interested in that. Yeah, no, this is super fun. Yeah, me too. So I'm sure you want to do this as well. Join the hunt today go to huntakiller.com slash oh Oh, no no. and use code oh Oh, no for ten dollars off your purchase yeah pretty good that's huntakiller.com slash oh no oh i get it slash because it could be a slasher okay so ivermectin it is a wonderful important critical drug Mm -hmm. made to treat parasites in humans and other mammals It has saved untold thousands of lives. 
It completely deserved the Nobel Prize. Which it won in 2015 in physiology or medicine. But I want to know which one. (laughs) Is it physiology or is it medicine? Is it a musical or is it a comedy? Come on, (laughs) Golden Globes. Yeah. And the reason we're talking about it, the reason it got brought up at all in Mm -hmm. this conversation about COVID is that in a petri dish with covid it did seem to inhibit the cells the covid cells from replicating yeah sometimes that means something and sometimes it doesn't because our bodies are not petri dishes and a lot goes on in there so this was first discovered in 1975 and it was a real miracle drug because it was so hard before that to target worms uh, parasites and not target other things in the body and really cause a lot of collateral damage And it was approved for human use in 1987. And as we all know, people also use it for horses and dogs and other mammals, like you said. And so a lot of people on the surface think, okay, so this is effective against parasites and worms. Why would you use it on COVID, which is not a worm? Like you said, when you put COVID in a Petri dish and then you put ivermectin on it, it'll die. So, okay, it's worth looking into. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an absurd thing to postulate, but mm-hmm. turns out like the amount of ivermectin needed that you used in the Petri dish was, I think something like 35 times like what a normal dose in the human body would be. And was just sort of like untenable as a prescription. So people had a solution, Ross. Okay. People are inventive. They said, well, wait a minute. Who would take a bunch of ivermectin? A horse. Oh, no. (laughs) If it's made for a horse, it's made for a horse. Of course, not you. But then there's going to be so much. You were just arguing to me that there was too little. So I'll go (laughs) to a veterinary pharmacy and get horse ivermectin. This is what was happening, Ross. People were going and getting a horse ivermectin and taking it. And then, of course, showing up at the hospital with like, you know, I don't want to laugh at it because obviously it was horrible. But like they had the chronic shits because they had taken way, 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 way too much. And oh, my goodness. Well, and also... You have the effect of, as with hydroxychloroquine, which again is a very useful drug as an anti-malarial treatment, another anti-parasite medication. And by so many people suddenly like diverting the stores of these medications, it made it harder and more expensive for other people who needed it to get their hands on it. Right. That was one of my hesitations about getting it. That was probably my biggest hesitation. Right. I'm doing this on a lark. But I'm diverting ivermectin. Right. I mean, and this is one of the questions about just like, well, I am doing this partly so I can talk about it and hopefully I don't cause everybody to go buy it. Did you get a preparation for a dot human or a dot horse? (laughs) It was for a dot human. Okay. (laughs) Like my website. Yeah. So it was, let's see, three milligram tablets. I was told to take six Every day for five days, so okay. 18 milligrams a day. Carrie's got the box. How big is a three milligram tablet? I don't have a mental image of that. Is this a big pill? Teeny tiny. Teeny no, tiny, tiny pill. Tiny. And you took it six times a day? No, you just take six at once. Oh, okay. Whew. I was going to say, whew, this is harder than like doing your <laughs> daily prayers, but okay. <laughs> yeah, no, they're teeny tiny. You take them all at once. Yeah, the taking part is not a big deal. And I got it from 
Honeybee, not to be confused with Yeah, honey. Yeah, this episode is sponsored in part by <laughs> Honeybee, maker no, of ivermectin. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I just went online and I found a doctor who would prescribe it. It was so easy to get. Yeah, okay. So what, yeah, what did you do? Easy. What do you search for? How did, how did this happen? This was September 2021, so the actual searching process is a little gone from my mind. But if I were to do it today, let's see, I would go online ivermectin prescription let's see what happens yep there it is you see the link that you clicked on huh Mm -hmm. yeah push health i'm pretty sure that was the the place the search engine remembers all okay (laughs) so all you had to do is just say i want this some doctor give me a prescription yes and megan stevenson a physician and surgeon and by the way the verma in ivermectin means worm. That's where that comes from. Oh, there you go. I'm a worm actin. Yes, that's the the meaning in Latin of the phrase. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So you got your prescription, then you could what, just send that to a pharmacy? No, it's all fulfilled through this website. Okay, you never had to leave your home. Nope. I think I did have to fill out some questions about myself. Let's see. Yeah, the first thing you do is choose your pharmacy. And then you're like, are you allergic to ivermectin? No. Okay. (laughs) You're good. How would I know? (laughs) You're right. That's one of my favorite things in medication commercials is when Uh they're like, don't take this if you're allergic to exactly this. (laughs) Like anybody needs that advice. (laughs) Yeah. Like, do not eat apples if you are allergic to apples. Well, and also... If I haven't tried it before, this is how I'll find out if I'm allergic right, to it. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so Megan Stevenson is the physician who prescribed this for me. Never talked to Megan, but she has a medical degree from the University of California, Irvine. So, you know, real doc. Yeah. Yeah, and then it just came to me in the mail from Honeybee. Okay, but you didn't buy it with honey, so you didn't get a discount. How much did this cost you? True. It was $170 for a five-day course. Great googly moogly. That's insane. Five-day course. So now you've taken it, and it's all depleted. You don't have any ivermectin left. Actually, I have four, because you know how I told you that first day I took a reduced dose to make sure I didn't have a bad reaction? Yeah. So day one's remaining dosages are still in here so okay let's see if you want 12 milligrams of ivermectin ross you can have it sure if you know what (laughs) i'll say if i get covid again and you still have that i will take the rest of your ivermectin (laughs) okay (laughs) then i can experience black chalky stool or if you get intestinal strongyloidiasis and onchoarsiasis Mm. Those are the two things it's actually approved for Okay, by the FDA. I'll keep an eye out for those. Okay. So yeah, ex- extremely easy to get. Yeah. Anything else fun on that box? Carrie's got, you know, it's it's a white box. It looks like Let's medication. See. Yeah. It says may cause dizziness. You said it came from Edenbridge Pharmaceuticals? Yeah. Honeybee is the branding, but it's from Edenbridge Pharmaceuticals in Parsippany, New Jersey. That's fun yep. to say. Okay. Parsippany. No, there's really not much going on on this whole box. 
So how long was it after you got your initial symptoms and then your diagnosis before you said, okay, time to pull out the ivermectin? Oh my God, seconds. When I realized I was sick and might have COVID, I was like, oh, true. Uh, What if I have COVID? What if I finally have it? And within a minute, I was like, well... I could finally <laughs> take ivermectin. It's been sitting in the living room. And he was like, you're going to take ivermectin, aren't you? And he was right. I was. <laughs> okay. I see. You sent me a picture of the cover here. And it says Poppy Carey, not to be confused with the apothecary. <laughs> and three milligram tablets. Take six tablets by mouth as a single dose daily for five days for active COVID. Wow, it says for COVID on there. And Mm -hmm. quantity 30. And it does say no refills. So that's something. (laughs) Yeah, should I try ordering it again and see if it lets me? Yeah. And they're like, ah, 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 nice try. (laughs) You only get one flight. I bet they would just make me pay for the doctor's fee again. And I bet they would issue it. All over again. Sure. Yeah, of course. So I guess the bottom line here is not hard to get, but expensive. That sounds really expensive to me. Yeah, yeah. 170 bucks. Yeah. Pretty expensive. I mean, especially for something of unknown efficacy. Yeah. So as far as how well it works, like I say, looked up several studies. Most of them were neutral and inconclusive. The most negative thing I found, the most negative results, was actually published in the British Medical Journal. And that was an editorial about how Mexico City, I guess the government of Mexico City, was giving residents ivermectin without adequately telling them that it was experimental and running a study that way. So a lot of people felt exploited by that. Totally Mm -hmm. fair. And similarly, this is awful, in Arkansas, inmates, prisoners, were given experimentally high doses of ivermectin without being told that gave them serious side effects like oh no temporary blindness yeah i mean really serious the aclu actually like sued this prison on their behalf so those are very bad things but those have more to do with policy obviously than the drug itself in one of our favorite podcasts also on the maximum fun network sawbones They Mm -hmm. did an episode on ivermectin in late 2021 that I highly recommend. And they were saying that there was early adoption based on a preprint that issued and then was retracted that showed the effectiveness of ivermectin using Mm. Surgisphere data, apparently bogus data collection. And so then a lot of places that had sort of authorized use of ivermectin, probably some of the ones you're referring to, then felt really misled. You're like, oh, well, here we thought this was useful, so we ordered a bunch of it. Mm, Okay. At least we gave it like the the tentative go-ahead. Now, I will say I was reacting to the $170, but if you look at some of these antivirals that have been shown to be very effective against COVID, such as like Paxlovid, and remdesivir. I'm seeing like remdesivir. This was in early 2022. They said that they're going to price it at $390 per vial in developed countries where remdesivir is authorized. This is equivalent to $2,340 for a five-day course of treatment. So treatments are expensive in general. Yeah, but also probably those are covered by insurance. Right. Yeah. So the actual price may not touch you. Yeah, like for Paxlovid, I'm getting a result here from CVS. You don't pay anything for it, but consultation will cost $60 with your pharmacist. 
And all of these questions of safety, questions of cost, all of those are subjective, right? Like Mm -hmm. with safety, we're saying, do the benefits outweigh the risks? And with cost, we're saying, is the money worth it, right? Mm -hmm. That's the real question. And here we just don't know. And like, it's so uncomfortable to be in a space of not knowing. I think for most of us who haven't ever lived in a pandemic before, it's kind of a cool peek into what people who do science policy have to do all the time. Right. They have to run these like crazy algorithms in their brains and on their computers, (laughs) figuring out what's worth it. And those are things we're not used to doing. Yeah. And it's really tough when all of a sudden you've got all the attention and scrutiny of the public and people who have political motives, again, on both sides, is scrutinizing the process and inserting their opinion and their sense of surety on top of what public health officials and doctors and researchers are trying to do. And it makes for a really fraught environment. And I think another factor is, especially when, like, we all lived it recently, when you're in this state where we don't know for sure what's effective and what's not, but you have people dying of this and people scared. I totally understand that sensation of like, well, I need to try something. So... Mm -hmm people are talking about this, let's give it a go because I'm having a hard time breathing. Absolutely. I mean, same thing we were talking about even with like the coffee enemas. Mm -hmm. When you're suffering or scared, if something shows any promise, yeah, you're going to try. And so it's really difficult when your child, you know, say is dying of something. It doesn't have to be COVID in this example that you don't want to say, okay, let's wait for the science to work itself out. Let's wait for all the randomized trials. Let's put my kid in the study. Maybe they'll get the active substance and maybe they won't. I can see as a parent, you know, or as an individual wanting to say, no, just give me the thing, please. Mm -hmm. In a way, I don't totally begrudge my friend who like, this is their thing. I feel like as long as you are very clear on this might do nothing mm-hmm. and you're taking a prescribed dose of it and not the horse version or a whole mm-hmm. bunch of the human version. Yeah. Eh, fine, fine. Most of the time, fine. There are but it's, worse things you can do. Yeah, it's just it's like, not the I best mean, thing you can do. Yeah, you could buy a banjo for $170. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Carrie has been working on her We Stand Tall. I have, I have. COVID has sidelined my progress a bit, but just, I, I was just playing it again today. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, anybody who's just like, hey, I'm looking at my watch. Where's my (laughs) We Stand Tall? Just know that it's in the works. It's happening. Though I had to actually write down all of the chords because no one has written down the chords for We Stand Tall. Uh, Which is insane for a, I was going to say a company, a religion, a whatever Scientology is that so stands behind banjos. Literally stands for banjos. Right. That they wouldn't stand tall for banjos. For by, banjos! By having the theme music written as tabs. A shame. This is the worst thing Scientology's done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the first person to have COVID. The worst thing Scientology has done is not do the chords for We Stand Tall. Later on, Carrie can I say, I'm sorry, that was, that was my COVID fog speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered Lisa McPherson and I take it back. okay so the other issue that you often hear in conversations around this is this idea of big pharma yeah so Mm -hmm. big pharma very easy quick way to paint 
a huge swath of humanity with a very broad brush. Mm -hmm. It's something like one in 11 Americans work in the healthcare industry. When you say big pharma, you're talking about like oh, yeah, the guy next door. It's big. Yeah. 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 It's literally big. It's such an oversimplification to think of the world in these terms to begin with. But there are real problems, of course, with the way that money has infiltrated the system, especially in the United States. They're well documented. They're obvious. But like in these conversations about ivermectin, there's so much big pharma, big pharma, big pharma. And yeah. I'm like, hello, mm -hmm. this thing is... However you define big pharma, it's a, this is it. Yeah, it's this a is it. pharmaceutical and it makes big money. Uh-huh. It was invented by a Japanese biochemist who like has a bunch of contracts with all these big companies because that's how you get research done right now. That's the way it yeah. is. And we either give up completely on scientific progress yeah. for that dream of like never being the way or we admit like life is complicated. That's part of it. Yeah. And there's a few aspects to that. One is just that you can then point to as many conspiracy theorists, I'll say, will do with, say, Pfizer. And they'll say, well, look, they also make this drug. And look how much money they've made doing this. And look at this horrible thing they got sued for. And yeah, sure, big company like that. Yeah, there's been some malfeasance. They've gotten in trouble for stuff. Yep, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the vaccine that they produced has, I don't know, tracking devices or what have you. So people will kind of jump to those conclusions. But a lot of this also comes down to just sort of a like an our side versus your side sort of thing. Again, where the, yeah. the polarized politics don't help, where if the same big companies produce ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or something that your side is telling you is okay, well, then you don't fault them for it. You don't quote all of the same horrible deeds that they did because now it's approved by our people. Like they're still medications. They're still hard to pronounce, you know, like <laughs> you, you're only okay with it because your side is promoting it. And I yeah. think the same thing happens with science. Like people who are on the conspiratorial side of this, they'll gladly point to like, well, look, this won the Nobel Prize. Isn't that great? Or mm -hmm. this was promoted by a doctor, this talk that I'm listening to, you know, this is a doctor, this was someone who worked for the CDC. All of those qualifications, those bona fides will be really important and relevant all of a sudden, because it supports the side that they're on. Whereas when the FDA writes an article that says why you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19, well then, well, the FDA is just corrupt and run by bureaucrats. But if there's something that looks tentatively like the FDA is saying hydroxychloroquine may have some utility, then, hey, that's very relevant. The FDA even said it. Mm -hmm. Right. Makes it very hard to do science or proper consumerism when that is the standard. But I encourage our listeners, if your friend is talking about ivermectin in this like praising way, instead of finding the place where you believe they're being hypocritical or inconsistent, find the place that they're being consistent with your views, right? Mm -hmm. Like if they're endorsing this drug that is from a 
big pharmaceutical, then like embrace that. Don't like call them out. Don't be like snarky and cute about it. Be like, oh, that's really interesting. I feel the same way. I feel like we can trust some of these drugs Mm -hmm. and like, you know, try to find those points of agreement instead of always seeking for like the points of inconsistency and the points of hypocrisy. Yeah. Don't look for the quick win or the phrase that's going to change their mind in one fell swoop because guess what? Probably won't work that way. Yeah. I like that approach. And then you can play kind of that Socratic game of just sort of saying, okay, well, what is it that makes you feel confident about ivermectin in particular? And see if you can kind of follow that chain of reasoning up the ladder. And maybe it'll change you too, you know? Mm -hmm. If you're not open to it changing your mind in some small way, you can't really expect it to change theirs. So Carrie, if one of our listeners has or is going to get COVID in the future, because this Mm -hmm. thing is... Working its way towards endemic, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. What would you recommend? Should they buy ivermectin? (laughs) Probably not. I mean, if that person wants to buy ivermectin, I'm not alarmed. I'm not like, I need to run in and help and stop my friend from doing this. It's not at that level for me. But if you're neutral, I'm definitely not going to argue you into it. (laughs) I think there's a lot of better ways to spend 170 bucks like a banjo. Sure. Yeah, I think the best course is still get vaccinated, get a booster. I still need to get the new booster that just came out recently. My wife has gotten it, but I have not yet. So there we go. That's on my to-do list. But, you know, get boosted, get your vaccine. And then if you do end up getting hospitalized, just know that there are some really excellent proven therapies out there. One of my loved ones went to the hospital with COVID and was treated with remdesivir. And I was so grateful just knowing that, you know, they they said it was instant. Yeah, this was about a year ago, but, you know, they they instantly could feel the difference and, you know, felt the symptoms improving. Yeah. So thank goodness, you know, things have gotten a lot better now with management of COVID. It's harder to get to the hospital in the first place. And when you do, there's much better treatments available. Harder to get there. You are less likely to have a case of COVID that will send you to the hospital. Got it. I was picturing someone not able to get into an ambulance. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for taking one for the team, Carrie. Yeah, no problem. I I guess I should have taken you up on your offer. I've got him. Okay. If I get it again, and let's hope not, COVID is no fun, even if oh it's, my god, even if it's mitigated by vaccines. My goodness, holy crap, you guys! If you have not had COVID yet, it's so bad. Were, were there any other side effects that you think you might ascribe to the ivermectin? You know, it's funny when you were reading that list. I was like, I don't know how I'd even know because it just sure. sounds like COVID. You're like, it's a cough. You're gonna be lightheaded. You're gonna feel woozy when you stand up. I'm like, yeah, it was all those things i had covid (laughs) so i don't know all right carrie well how do you give this on a hot drinks rating thank you the only rating that matters i uh ooh, ooh, tough i'm gonna give it a thumbs down you can take it with tea nothing's stopping you but it's not part of the prescription and for that reason and that reason alone i do not recommend ivermectin (laughs) okay fair enough well that's it for our show Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. Yeah, help us buy uh, more remedies. 
bogus or otherwise. <laughs> Help us buy more things in the gray zone that you're like, I don't know how to feel about this. Help us. Wouldn't that be fun for you? <laughs> help you. Help us not help us. <laughs> You can also help us by leaving a positive review or singing a song about Ono, Ross, and Carrie to a horse. There you go. Now we're getting inventive. And remember, from a lady on Facebook named Lauren Mayer. We've got a vaccine for COVID now, but it's making some people have a cow. A crazy craze is gaining force that should be for a horse. There's been damn response to the vaccine, but this is the craziest one I've seen. Now ivermectin you endorse, but you are not a horse. Nut jobs yakety yak and spin the phony cures they preach. Just like hydroxychloroquine or maybe injecting some bleach. This whole thing was started by the schmucks who keep grifting suckers to make some bucks. From all these quacks you should divorce Cause you are not a horse If you don't trust doctors to begin Then why trust a veterinarian? You're poisoning yourselves, of course And pooping like a horse There's no evidence it actually works But nothing it seems will convince these jerks The side effects should cause remorse Unless you are a horse The FDA, as you may recall, is business-like and how But now they're tweeting up, stop it, y'all You're not a horse or a cow About acting like sheep, you shouldn't squawk When you're taking medicine for livestock it's not the stuff you ought to use Despite what you heard on Fox News You need a more reliable source Cause you are not a horse Live reading from Rachel's Poetry Corner. Elephants Theremin's Clifton, Neopets Poorstrips Jepson, Pine Smell Jellybeans Goalie Goals, Skittles Squirrels and the Mole, Celery Chopsticks Pumpernickel, A Case of You by Joni Mitchell, Lullabies Tie-Dye The More You Know, all of these things on our wonderful show. All of these things and more wait for you on Wonderful every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Did your neighbor back into your car? Bring that case to Judge Judy. Think the mailman might be the real father? Give that one to Judge Mathis. But does your mom want you to flush her ashes down the toilet at Disney World when she passes away? Now that's my jurisdiction. Welcome to the court of Judge John Hodgman, where the people are real, the disputes are real, and the stakes are often unusual. If I got arrested for dumping your ashes in the Jungle Cruise, it would be an honor. I don't want to be part of somebody getting a super yacht. I don't know at what point you want to go into this, but we've had a worm bin before. Available free right now at MaximumFun.org. Judge John Hodgman, the court of last resort when your wife won't stop pretending to be a cat and knocking the clean laundry over. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.